Clarita here, and I've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. If you want to release your music into the world, DistroKid's the easiest way to get your music into all the major streaming platforms, unlimited uploads, and keep 100% of your royalties. And because you're a Design Freaks listener, you get 30% off. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Design Freaks. DistroKid. Welcome to the Design Freaks Podcast. Hi, welcome to the show. My name's Clarita. I am your host. I'm a graphic designer here in Seattle, Washington. I'm a big old nerd and I like to talk about uh, music industry, art design, record packaging, all that stuff. I record myself talking about what I've learned and then I publish it. Uh, So yeah, this is my fourth mini episode uh, these are called covers a cover. It's where I just take one album cover and uh, figure out the story behind it, behind the design, photography, whatever art. And uh, yeah, this so it's like a mini sode. Then I have my interview shows where I interview designers, art directors, etc. So this episode is all about Outcast's third album, Aquemini. <laughs> Um, and the artist behind the illustration on the cover, Gregory Hawkins. So uh, real quick, Outcast is Andre 3000 and Big Boy. And Equemini is a combination of each of their zodiac signs. And boy, this is the most I've ever read the word portmanteau in my life researching this. Um, but yeah, so you have Aquarius, Gemini, Equemini, him and I. Yeah. So, um, oh, and by the way, happy Gemini season for those who celebrate. Really quick before we get started, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with other vinyl and design freaks. Um, Leave a five-star review, subscribe wherever you found me. Um, And to see everything I'm talking about, go on over to the YouTube channel. I'm under Design Freaks, obviously, there, or the Ruinous Media playlist. Uh, You can find everything at designfreakspodcast.com. And I am at underscore Design Freaks Podcast on Instagram. You can chime in in the comments anywhere you want and let me know what you think. Um, be nice. Okay, so uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And on Instagram, I'm almost at 3,000 followers. So I don't know why people are so obsessed with and fixated on these um, round numbers. But uh It'd be nice to hit 3,000. Okay, let's get into Aquemini. So I always like to give credit where credit is due. So um, before we talk about Gregory Hawkins and um, Andre 3000, which is most of what this episode will be about, I wanted to list the credits that appear um, on Discogs because as I always say on the show, it takes more than one or two people to put together a record cover unless you are a magical genius like Barney Bubbles. Um, But for everyone else, uh, it's usually a team effort. Um, So art direction and design um, is by D.L. Warfield, 
who is a pretty big name in the Atlanta music scene. Um, Art direction design assistant, Nigel Sawyer. The illustration is obviously Greg Hawkins. And photography by Tom Smuglia. Smugala. Oh, (laughs) Smugala. Smugala. Sorry, Tom. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the list and just tell you a little bit about each of these people before I get into Gregory's story. Um, yeah, if you'd like to know more, if I touched on something and didn't get into it enough, or if you'd like to know more about any one of these things, I'm gonna have my uh, sources cited in the show notes. Uh, there will be links there that you can check out if you want to keep reading about this stuff. Let's go to photographer Tom Smuglia and work our way up to DL. What has Tom done? Well, and I have to admit, I didn't do a lot of research on Tom. Uh, As far as I can see, he's taken photos of Outkast, Toby Keith, and Jeff Foxworthy. Interesting company. Okay, and then DL Warfield's assistant, Nigel, it looks like they work together quite a bit, so I'll just group them. Dale Warfield is an art director and designer based in Atlanta, and uh, he also art directed the AT Elian's album, the one right before this, um, and a bunch of other hip-hop and R&B records, uh, Tony Braxton, Usher, uh, he art directed for Swizz Beats. Um, under the name Atlanta's Finest, D.L. Warfield. <laughs> he designed for Goody Mob, Pink, Isaac Hayes. And uh, yeah, so he basically worked for the LaFace label and uh, a few other labels. Oh, and TLC. So, and then I saw a, a lot of overlap with his assistant, Nigel Sawyer. Like they kind of worked together um, on a bunch of these. Okay, let's get into Gregory Hawkins. Um, He's the illustrator of this fine record cover. And I'm taking mostly from, there's a few different articles, like I said, the links are in the show notes. I'm taking mostly from the Columbus Monthly. um, And the article is called, How Columbus Native Gregory Hawkins Created the Album Cover for Outcast Equemini. Early recognition of the artist's talent. A move to Atlanta and some serendipity led to the creation of a double platinum album's iconic 1970s-inspired cover illustration by Joel Oliphant for Columbus Alive. So Gregory grew up in Columbus, Ohio, in a neighborhood called Milo Grogan in the 1960s. So he knew he was a gifted artist from a very young age. His mom was awesome. She always encouraged him. Here, I'm going to read some of his direct quotes because this is an interview. Um, so Gregory says, she she was raising three hard-headed boys and my father would be at work all day. So she would give us crayons and sit us on the floor and say, you guys draw me a picture and whoever has the best picture gets extra dessert. Um So he basically says he would like lie down on the floor with his crayons and start drawing. But after a while, his two brothers would just stop drawing and just start watching him because he was so good. Um, And then eventually, uh, this is a cute part of the story. His mom had to come up with other competitions because it just wasn't fair. He was just racking in all the desserts. Uh, So, but the affirmation of his artistic talents also came from outside of his house. He had um, drawings in the Columbus Citizen Journal newspaper. 
He also had something, uh, artwork picked, handpicked by the Columbus Museum of Art in the 1960s. And he says, quote, out of all the kids in the city, they picked one of my pieces to be exhibited at the museum. This is a huge deal. And then everyone just kind of like threw all the little uh, design jobs to him. So like if there was a party, they would have like let Gregory draw the poster. So at Columbus North High School, which offered a two-period art major, I'm always, I went to Texas public schools and I'm always so jealous of people who have these cool programs in their schools. Like art major, we had one of my schools was Mrs. Welch, who was religious and would censor our artwork. I did get special treatment because my whole family was good at art. I got a little bit of extra treat, special treatment because of that, but Then the next high school I went to, the person teaching art was a football coach, and he would quite literally put a cow skull on a table and tell everyone to draw it and go do something else. So, okay, so he's in this cool art program in high school, and he starts, and I have a feeling, I mean, I don't want to assume, but... When you're that age, you're kind of like trying to do whatever gets you the most attention from whoever you're attracted to. So like he starts to want to play basketball instead and like kind of leave art behind. And his mom was not having it. And it says she walked him into the principal's office and said, sign this boy up for art. (laughs) I love her. Um, Okay, so Hawkins got his first real job as an artist through his friend Maurice Alfred. So Maurice connected Hawkins with Pablo and Associates founder William Pablo Davis. And um, so he was like a local music promoter, producer, manager. Um, He managed a band, Midnight Star, and a band called The Deal, which featured Babyface. So it's like an R&B group. And... um, Oh, and L.A. Reed was in the band, too, which will come into play. Anyway, you know, this is he starts meeting celebrities and stars, and, and he said he was doing logos for all these people and T-shirt designs, and it was, like, really cool, and he was, you know, getting all this work. And then um, he has this roommate, so he ha- he's still in Columbus, Columbus, Ohio. He has this roommate called Robert Hodo. And um, H-O-D-O, and he moved, so the roommate moves away to Atlanta in 1979 and marries a woman named Sharon Benjamin. Now, Sharon Benjamin's son, Andre, would visit Gregory Hawkins' apartment as a toddler, I guess before they moved to Atlanta. And Gregory says, I had a studio set up with my drawing board and easel, and Andre was fascinated with my artwork. Um, okay. 1983, uh, Gregory packs up his art supplies and moves to Atlanta by 1983. Um, the roommate, the old roommate, Robert Hodo, um, convinced Gregory to join him in Atlanta. He says everything was happening out of Atlanta then. So he said, okay. Um, and he still lives there. He actually lives in Stone Mountain, Georgia, outside of Atlanta now, which sounds really pretty. (laughs) Um, He said when he got there, there was no problem getting work. Um, People saw his craft, his work ethic, 
and he fit right in. Um, he was doing a lot of t-shirt designs for bootleggers. I love a bootleg t-shirt. Um, he did a lot of unlicensed stuff for vendors to sell at the Atlanta Braves games, Atlanta Hawks and Falcons games. Um, so he also painted murals and worked on designs for black hair care companies. Very cool. Um, all while connecting. So he's still in connection with Pablo and Associates. He still has that going on. And then by the mid-90s, little Andre Benjamin, the kid that used to come hang out and watch him draw, um, he had grown up to form a rap group called Outcast. Um, and uh, with his friend Big Boy, and they were signed to LaFace Records, which is another portmanteau. L.A. Reed, Babyface, LaFace. <laughs> okay, um, so fast forward, 1998, the year I moved to Seattle from Austin. Andre's mom makes the phone call of destiny. Ring, ring. Hawkins got a call from Sharon Benjamin Hodo, and she called and said, Andre wants you to do his album cover for this album they really feel like this is going to be a big one greg and he was honored to accept the gig but this article kind of mentions that he's not really a hip-hop guy yet he's kind of more into r&b and doesn't quite understand how big outcast was now outcast was not like mainstream yet they weren't everywhere it not like the fresh so fresh and so clean era or hey ya or whatever like back in this time if you were from the South and if you were into hip hop or if you were into hip hop anywhere, you knew because they made kind of a splash. It was something new and different. Um, the Southern thing, Southern playlistic Cadillac music, like everyone was freaking out. And it was, you know, I'm from, I'm from Texas, so it's not really the South. So we had the ghetto boys. This was new to us too. So yeah, he just didn't know how big Aquemini was going to get. And um, it went double platinum. Like it went platinum right away. It had Rosa Parks on it. And then double platinum like a few months later, I think. Um, and yeah, now his cover is reaching a million zillion people. All right. So let's get to the part where they're developing the cover. So Andre comes over to play the album for Gregory. Um, can you imagine getting to hear an Outcast record before anybody else? Oh my gosh. So um, he's like, okay, it's got a 70s vibe. Um, and they had George Clinton on it. And so he's obviously knows who that is. He's a parliament fan. Um, so he knows it's going to be a big deal in a way. And But he's also like, okay, let's go with the 70s vibe. He gave them bell bottoms and pimp gear. I mean, they do look like they're going to go to the player's ball in outer space. Here's where Gregory really starts to feel like an Ohio guy. Uh, he said he felt a little bit out of place in Atlanta. And he said, I'm African-American. I'm from the hood. I grew up in Milo. But when I came down here, it was like they were talking a different language to me. I didn't understand a lot of the things they were saying. I had to get familiar with Southern crunk. He listened to the songs on Equimini over and over and says that's a big thing if you're doing an album cover. Any artist who's going to do an album cover, the first thing you do is listen to the music. And let me tell you, it is not easy to design a cover that pleases the client, the musicians, the label, everybody's happy and looks exactly how it sounds. I mean, it is way harder than you think. And 
if you can just get the overall vibe, sometimes that's cool too. But he, I think he really uh, accomplished his goal here. Anyway, he worked entirely in colored pencil. Um, and the illustration really started to come together. He, um, so he was playing off their personas. So big boy is the player. Andre's the poet. Um, and then he, big boy is seated on a fancy pimp like throne. Andre standing nearby arms crossed throwing side eye. And since the album's title is a portmanteau, of the two rappers, Zodiac Signs, Aquarius and Gemini, Hawkins drew the two women side by side. So basically, the women on the cover represent the Zodiac Signs. And I love this because I love tarot. I love tarot art. And this is giving me tarot, uh, stylized tarot artwork. Especially if you look at the Aquarius woman, she's pouring a water dress over herself. And it just has the same vibe as the star from the Major Arcana. Um, and then the water is going behind them and it is covering the twins. Okay. So there's a giant medallion in the background. So first we have like cosmic outer space, some clouds. There's a giant medallion, the medallion with all the Egyptian hieroglyphs. It's also in the middle of it. it there's, you know, an Egyptian landscape. So it's kind of like the feeling that this is also some sort of a portal or a time machine, or a wormhole to another dimension. Um, behind the medallion is the most perfect UFO. I mean, he did it great. I just love how it's underneath the ship perspective, and it's kind of opened up, and there's all the lights. Um, and then the women, the like I said, the woman on the left with her water dress, she's pouring out the water and then it's also covering the twins. Then you have the Outcast logo, which is kind of protruding out. And in the photo with, where it shows Gregory working in his studio on this, you can see that they gave him some sort of a model or some sort of an outline to work with for the Outcast logo. Um, and he took it and kind of um, tilted it um, so as to appear like coming at you in 3D space. There's um, a car with a Quimini, a personalized plate. And then, of course, on the throne is uh, the extremely pimped out big boy. <laughs> and <clears throat> the attention to detail on his silky shirt and his trousers is just phenomenal. And then you have Andre standing there. And he's wearing jewelry, these crazy yellow and white trousers, um, the shirt. He has an ascot. And I don't know if he was dressing, like Andre became a fashion icon. I kind of feel like maybe Gregory cast a little spell with this drawing and set Andre off on his fashion trajectory because he kind of ended up dressing like this. <laughs> um, he might have already been, I don't know. But uh, I just really love how this looks like. It's really a glimpse into the future. There's also a square that um, Big Boy and Andre are sort of 
busting out of. It's subtle, but the chair and them, they're, they're both outside and the solar flares are outside of the square. So if you see it's cutting the twins' legs off and it's behind the Aquarius lady. Um, and then they're kind of breaking out of that boundary. Um, and then you have the lettering, uh, really cool kind of Egyptian looking extruded lettering with, you know, lighting effects. And then there's some solar flares with it, which I think is so uh, funny for uh, outer space. I don't know. It makes sense. Yeah, there's just a lot of attention to detail here. Yeah, and they talk about in the um, in the article that he drew the, that gold medallion with the Egyptian pyramids hieroglyphs as a tribute to Andre's interest in Sun Ra. Very cool. And um, as well as an homage to the hieroglyphics relief carvings of Benjamin Crumpler, a Columbus artist whom Hawkins still remire, admires. So he did get to put some of his own taste into the piece as well. And then the spaceship, which Hawkins remembers Andre describing as the dissension of the mothership that hovers over the medallion. And it's also obviously a callback to their previous album, AT Aliens. Yeah, it's kind of like their nod to Afrofuturist themes. If you're into that kind of stuff and Parliament, uh, the artwork for Parliament, I did an episode, episode six, I believe, on Pedro Bell uh, with my guest designer, Megan Cookies. And that's an all audio podcast, uh, but there is a page up on the website. Uh, we talk all about uh, his own uh, contribution to Afrofuturism. So you may also like that if you like this. Um, okay, so back to Gregory. Now, this is insane. He worked fast. This whole thing came together in two to three days. Uh, he says, I'm a very anxious artist. I want to see the finished product quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, he says, I like to finish a piece of work in a day if I can. <sighs> don't tell your clients that. <laughs> don't, don't start expecting it. Okay. Um, he envisioned the initial sketch as a rough draft. So he kind of drew all the outlines and then Andre came over to look at it and he goes, that's it. Andre uh, or Hawkins just colored it in, called it done. Amazing. Um, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, the lettering and sun flares are added and the design, a lot of other stuff gets added. Layout has to be done. Record covers are more than the art. There's also, in this case, the photographer involved who photographed Gregory's artwork. And there may have been some editing involved in that phase. Or perhaps the raw photo goes directly to DL, DL Warfield's team. They do some color correction or whatever. It's always a team workflow. Okay, so unfortunately, um, Hawkins, uh, I guess since then has been battling cancer on and off. Um, and, uh, I did, he is on Facebook. I found him there in another quote. He says, I like working with color bland artwork serves a purpose, but it's depressing to me. And I'm not on a, I'm, I'm not a very depressing person. Uh, he said, I love vibrancy. I love things to be beautiful. That's awesome. I think Gregory, why not design a tarot deck? I don't know. I would order one. Um, that would be cool. Okay, so 
you know, I hope Gregory's okay. I can't find any other albums he's designed. I don't see anything officially listed, although I'm sure he has. So aside from the artwork, I love this record so much. Um, so I wanted to go over some lightning round facts about the record itself. Um, not just the cover, but the album itself. So here are five quick facts about Aquamini. What is going on with my hair? Okay, number one, Hold On, Be Strong was written by session guitarist Donnie Mathis and originally conceived as a full song with verses, but the group preferred to only use the refrain. Andre 3000 played a kalimba on the song after purchasing the instrument at a flea market. Okay, Handsome Genius Award to Andre. It's also, that instrument is also called Ambira. It's how I'm going to pronounce it, M-B-I-R-A. And I have a photo of it up on the screen. I'm sure you've seen it. I believe you play it with your thumbs. It's like a metal instrument. Um, very, very cool. Number two, The Art of Storytelling Part 2 is an apocalyptic song that represents the group's vision of the last song recorded in the world. Now, now that I know that, I listen. Yeah, of course, the lyrics back that up, but I never noticed it before. Number three, the Rosa Parks lawsuit. Okay, so in 1999, civil rights, rights activist Rosa Parks filed a lawsuit against Outkast for the song Rosa Parks, um, claiming they used her name without permission, uh, false advertising, infringement on her right to publicity, in addition to defamation of character. She was not a fan of this style of music, probably. The whole thing was like, no, thank you. Um, but the lawsuit was dismissed at first on First Amendment grounds, okay, by a federal judge. But then the appeals court partially reinstated the suit in 2003, stating that the group must have an artistic reason for titling the song with her name. Like, why does the name of the song have to be? Okay, so then the case was settled in 2005 with Outkast and LaFace Records agreeing to create educational programs to, quote, enlighten today's youth about the significant role Rosa Parks played in making America a better place for all races. Um, and it's notable that Rosa Parks died that same year in 2005. So I'm not sure which happened first um, and if the estate settled for that, uh, the uh, educational programs thing, or I don't know. But uh, rest in peace. Number four, the album was placed at number 11 on the list of 100 best albums of the 90s. It's on a ton of lists, but this was a list by Rolling Stone. So that's pretty huge. And then in 2020, um, they revised their previous 500 greatest albums of all time list and re-ranked Equimini at number 49. But when they first released the list, they were number 500 of 500. <laughs> And then they said it was the greatest record to come out of the Dirty South. Okay. Number five. Uh, of all the cool samples on the record, and there are several, uh, Spotty Oddy Dopalicious contains excerpts from Dancing with the Moonlit Night by Genesis from uh, one of my favorite of the early Genesis records, Selling England by the Pound. It's kind of like a proggy rock opera. Um you know, Peter Gabriel was the singer. They maybe should have changed the name when he left. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but yeah, this is a, a very conceptual record. It's 
very cool that they sampled a prog rock song. And it's kind of a subtle sample. You really have to listen for the guitar. Um, interesting. Uh, more cool points for Outcast. Bonus fun fact. Chonky Fire is what I call my cat, Santi. Because he's a little chonky. Also, it kind of reminds me of the showbiz pizza band. Chonky Fire Explosion. Spiced with rock and roll. Okay, that is the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, leave a five-star review, whatever. Uh, thank you, Gregory Hawkins. Thank you, Outcast. Hope everyone's doing as well as possible out there. Hold on, be strong. Chonky Fire. Love you. Bye.